Welcome to episode 133 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. I'm going to start it off and say, holy shit, it has been a while. It has, hasn't it? It's been over a year, almost a year and a half. I think the last episode that I did came out in February of 2022. Well, here we are with a brand spanking... Yeah, did you like those sound effects? Brand spanking new Bobcast. This is a good one, too. This episode features some words with and some songs by the band Night Dangers. Specifically, the words are with Andrew, who is the main force behind Night Dangers. He's also the singer, guitarist, lead guitar person. I don't know. That might be how you describe it uh, of the band Night Dangers. I don't if that wasn't clear. Well, I got to say before I get going too far, before I start rambling too much, I owe you an apology and i kind of just realized that today the day that i'm doing this recording anyway i never said anything about taking a hiatus from the bobcast i basically just ghosted you all that's right uh, ghosted that's pretty funny when you consider that the podcast is half about ghosts paranormal shit like that well i guess a couple people do actually listen to this podcast and i noticed it when i was at fest gainesville fest in florida last october had some people come up to me that I already knew, some people come up to me that I didn't know at all, and they asked me, what's going on with the Bobcast? How come you haven't done a new episode in several months? And it kind of floored me a little bit. I go, shit, well, maybe I should do this thing some more. I think my plan is to do this maybe about once a month. We'll see how things go. I may ghost you again. I may not be back after this one for another year. I don't know. I might have another episode in two weeks, maybe a month. We'll see how it goes. Stay tuned. That's all I'm trying to say. And once again, I do apologize for not saying anything about it. I was taking a break and I thought I'd be back sooner than I was, but I wasn't. It's kind of like I I went to the store for cigarettes and never came back. Well, that's enough about me for now. I'm back. And for a goddamn good reason. Night fucking dangers. Yes, what a band. By the way, the goddamn thing. It's kind of an inside joke between Andrew and I of Night Dangers. You'll see. For the record, it's three songs, Andrew, not two, three songs. Pay attention to that little fact. Three songs, not two. And you might understand once you hear this interview coming up. For now, let's do a quick history lesson of how I was introduced to Night Dangers, how I met Andrew. Well, I first heard of the band back in August of 2021. Andrew sent me a message on Instagram and said, hey, check out this band, my band, Night Dangers. If you want to add the song to a playlist or something like that, Please go ahead and do that. So I listened to the songs on the link that he sent me. You know, I got to say, I do get submissions from time to time. Fairly regularly, actually, even when I've been on hiatus from bands that say, or just people, I guess I should say, that want me to maybe listen to their music, say, hey, you could use it in an episode. Maybe you want to do an interview or something like that. And usually it's pretty good stuff. Oh, there has been a couple times when it wasn't. That, well, whatever. I don't want to slam or say anything bad because that's really kind of shitty. This time, though, Night Dangers. God damn. Oh, there it is again. I loved this band from the first time that I heard them. I wrote Andrew back. I said, hey, can I play one of your songs in one of those Michael Krusty Miserable Failure podcast kind of music mashup episodes that I would do from time to time? And the rest, as they say, is Bobcast history. I think Night Dangers made it on my top 10 of that year of 2021. Let's move fast forward. March of this year, March of 2023, Andrew once again came through for me. 
and sent me some unreleased songs, kind of the whole unreleased new Night Dangers record, full length. Oh, I lost my goddamn mind over that. Yeah, here we are. I decided then, hey, you know what? It's time to do an interview with Andrew about all things Night Dangers and more. Now, this is what you're going to hear in this episode, and this is what Andrew and I talk about. We're going to talk about the band Night Dangers. Duh. Yes, we're going to talk about kind of that Midwest punk sound or just the Midwest rock and roll sound, however you want to say it. We're going to talk a little bit about mental health. And finally, we're going to actually hear two ghost stories in this episode. There's more as well. Just stay tuned. Okay. Definitely all good stuff. Definitely worth sticking around for. Uh, you know, all that's good, but what about the music? You know, that is kind of the point of the Bobcast. Well, I'm glad that you asked. There are three songs in this episode by the band Night Dangers. Plus, back at the very beginning, there was a brand new Bobcast theme song. Shockingly, the title of which is, I Want to Party with Bob. It's so weird. The lyrics might indicate otherwise in this case, though. You still want to party with Bob, huh? Yeah, well... It's all good, though, even though they're talking shit about me in some ways in the song. They are my friends Dave and Richie from Tampa, Florida, USA. The name of the band is What Me Worry, and supposedly, supposedly, they have the drummer for Helmet, the former drummer at Helmet. I don't fucking know. The, the dude that played drums on that one song, Meantime. Da-na-na, da-na-na. You remember that song? Yeah. That dude plays drums in this band, though I think these cheap asses used a drum machine for my theme song, so we'll have to talk to him about that. Well, that was back at the beginning of the episode. What's playing in the background right now is a song, All I Need. That is by Night Dangers. That is an unreleased song, by the way. Coming up right in the middle of the interview segment of this episode, you're going to hear a brand new and previously unreleased Night Dangers song called This Time. Something really rad about this is This Time is being world premiered for you right here in this Bobcast episode. Though the band is also releasing the song as a video on YouTube and on all the streaming services today, which is June the 5th, 2023. It's a world premiere all the way around for everybody. That's very nice. Coming up at the very end of the episode after the interview is over is the song, Let Myself Down Tonight. That happens to be my very favorite Night Danger song. So be sure to stick around through the whole episode for that. Night Dangers are a really incredible band. I am beyond happy that I got to make the return episode of the Bobcast with Andrew and with Night Dangers. Really awesome. Here we go. Let's get Night Dangerous and start this episode off right. I'm not going to come back at the end. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to the Bobcast if you'd like. Write a review wherever you listen. Oh, do whatever the hell you want. Just listen. Stick around for Night Dangers. So I do implore you, though. Visit nightdangers.bandcamp.com. There you can download, purchase, listen to, do all that stuff with Night Dangers music. It's really awesome. You won't regret it. You can catch Night Dangers on all the streaming services as well, like Spotify. Though Andrew did want me to say, fuck Spotify, but you're going to listen to it there anyway. So there you go. While you're at it, you might as well go to the social media platform of your choice. Also, don't forget to check out that video on YouTube. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to Night Dangers. Thank you for listening to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Here's Andrew and the rest of the episode. Will I ever make it out of here? Welcome, Andrew, from the band Night Dangers to the Bobcast. Andrew, thank you so much for being here. 
I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime, buddy. Anytime. All right, let's ask a couple questions to get started about the band. Night Dangers is from Rochester, Minnesota. Is that right? Ish. I live here. Ish. Yes, ish. We're all within like a few hour radius. Like uh, Benji, our guitar player, lives in Minneapolis. And then like the, the other core group of people lives in my hometown, which is two hours south here. And Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa, in that area. Oh, okay. So there is a there is an out of state. That was one of the things I was going to kind of ask you about. Is is Night Dangers more or less uh, like a remote band or a band, a, kind of a long distance band in some ways? Yeah, the band practice situations like a four hour round trip for me, but uh, we've been getting it all going here since the new records finished up. Like, because it was essentially a studio project, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. then we all finally are getting it together, and it's it's fucking awesome, and we're putting in a lot of hard work, but it's definitely a pain in the ass to not be able to just drive like you know ten minutes, fifteen minutes to go to practice. Of course. Now, where do you, where do you practice? What part of the world do you practice in? Then we practice two hours south of here. That would be in Waterloo, Iowa. Oh, you do? Okay, so you drive down to Iowa yeah. to actually to practice? Yeah, I go home. Turns out, I mean, like all. Of, Roads kind of lead back there, I suppose. Right. You can take the boy out of Waterloo, but you can't take the Waterloo out of the boy. Or so, is that the. Hey, hey, that's that's it. You nailed it. <laughs> good, good. That was another question I wanted to ask how that that recording, the new the Night Dangers record, how that came yeah. together in a way. I mean, did you did you all sit down in one studio to record it or did you all contribute kind of remotely and put it all together in some way? I was a little bit of both. Uh, none of it was live tracked. It was all do a click. The drums were done like after I had like the acoustic ideas and all that put together. And this was like right around quarantine as well. Uh -huh. So that was like really complicated and weird, but we figured it out. And I guess to kind of give you a short answer, we had finished another nightmare and we were looking for engineers to mix it we didn't want to do it ourselves we were like we're kind of going for something and we hit up all these like ideal like i mean we all had a list and the last person to get back to us happened to be the person who we wanted the most hmm. it was like one of those things where we're like yeah we'll, we'll go with x engineer and then i checked my email and i was like holy shit he got back to us brad wood mixed it all out of his studio that he has at his house but he's done like a ton of fucking awesome records what's it what's an example what's something else that he's done uh like all these records from the 90s he did all the sunny day real estate records he did like uh. rufus salt um he did a smashing pumpkins record he did uh like bringing it up more to speed he did like a touche moira record that's really good the dude did like 50 records a year at one point wow yeah oh my god so he, he, yeah, he was also the drummer for liz fair and did like exile and kyville like produced that oh no kidding oh wow so is he in chicago or is he in minneapolis he's, he's out in los angeles oh in la yeah oh, he, okay. you know, he lives in the valley and has his own studio like the tracking room and uh control room or like the guest house in the garage and yeah so he got back and once he mixed that, when we got the mix back, I was, I remember I called Benji, our guitar player, and I was like, should we feel guilty about this? This sounds fucking awesome. Like, it was just one of the... Right, too good to be true in some ways. Yeah, it was right? like one of those ah. things that was like, well, shit, 
well, we should probably keep going. And then seven more songs later, I, I flew out there at one point too, and we had a mix session and I got to know him. And it was pretty much like for me, the driving force to just keep writing more songs. Because when you have somebody like that, that has an ear that's kind of like encouraging you and like monetarily, I'm nothing for that guy. So he more so just like gave his stamp of approval and he just, you know, fucks with bands that he likes and thinks, you know, that pleases his ear, I guess. He chose you in some ways, really like, okay, yeah, this is a band that I like that I want to work with. So that's kind of an honor, I would say. For I sure. don't question it, but it definitely is kind of mind blowing. Like, especially when I was out there with him in his studio and talking to him because uh, he talks a lot and I enjoy that because a lot of people in that profession are just like, you know, going nuts on their keyboard and not saying a word. Right, right, right. They're pure business and they're in the zone and they don't want to be bothered with any kind of nonsense or bullshit. And, and, I, and I felt yeah. so welcomed out into the session. I was there for like three or four days and yeah, it was just fucking great. And that's got to say a pretty pivotal moment in the band's just like future was now we have this recording what do we do with it now? I'm not quite sure. And we've been taking our time, but it's time to like, you know, figure out what we're going to do with it for sure. Yeah. It's been a couple of years, right? I mean, since another nightmare, you did that. It was just like two songs or something like that. That little EP you had up on Bandcamp a couple of years ago or something, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like 20, 2021, like, I, dude, I'm so bad with time. Uh, yeah. So we, we released those, uh, six songs. And then, or no, we released those five songs and then we have three additional ones and that would make the 12 inch that we have now. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Now what, I know you said Benji plays guitar. Who are the other people in the band? Yeah. So Josh Sparks plays drums. We, to preface all this, we all grew up together in Iowa. Ah, So Josh Sparks, good friend of mine. I met him when I was like 16, probably. Um, Cody Brown plays guitar and he also engineered a lot of the record as well. He also has, we've played in bands together. Um, and then we just recently, uh, added a guy named Billy Little on the bass and it's really come together. I'm so sorry. We're already kind of writing new stuff and moving forward. Minnesota and bands from Minnesota. Now you're not born in Minnesota, which is fine. Close enough. Iowa. That's close enough. There is a very famous band from Iowa, though, that I really actually love. And I just Slipknot. Dis- Slipknot. <laughs> I fucking love Slipknot. It's pop metal, dude. And I always thought, oh, this band is ridiculous. Like, what is this band? Because I based that on seeing the people that would wear their clothing and their gear. And I was like, oh, man. oh yeah, I went to I went to school with all of them. I know what you're talking I about. Believe it. Oh, my God. I love, album, absolutely love that band. Anyway, <laughs> the album Iowa is fucking sick. But back to uh, Minnesota, uh, I spent since Minneapolis is the closest city to where I grew up, like big, big city. I mean, Des Moines, Iowa counts too. Slipknot represent there. Yeah, there, but you, there you go. I spent a lot of time doing like seven because it's three and a half hours from where I grew up. I spent so much time going to the triple rock going to shows at first avenue like oh wow so I'm with, the classic I'm, I'm with places I, yeah 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 That's... yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you here uh where we're getting into okay good okay so this question is what are and who are your favorite bands 
from Minnesota. You know, let's keep it to around five, okay? And I have five, too, and we're going to compare notes and see where we're at. That's a tough one. There's a lot going on here. It's kind of tyranny of choice at this point, but number one would be Dillinger 4. Yeah, there you go. Okay, good answer. Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, just that whole scene in general is almost like the off of their heads banner pilot. I mean, Dear Landlord was Illinois and Minneapolis. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that record obviously was for everybody, just like the epitome in the best way possible of what Midwestern pop punk, that's like, that set the standard for that shit, in my opinion. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forgot all about Banner Pilot for some reason. I don't know why they're not on my list. But carry on, carry on. I'm sorry. They're definitely not on my the top of my list, but they're a really good band and a good example of the Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, like, pump sound. Sound, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay, yep, yep. And I'm not going to sit here and talk about Bob Dylan right now. So I'm not putting him on my top five. He is from here. I did so. not know that, really. I did not. Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, obviously, like, uh, amazing songwriter, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not on my top five. So I just kind of gave you, like, some vague answers there. Um, I was really into Atmosphere growing up. Uh, he's a rapper. Really oh, into him. Interesting. Um, he's from Minneapolis. He started, like, uh, a record label called Rhyme Sayers, and uh, they did a lot. I'm not going to put this up there for my favorite band, but I just recently got properly introduced to lifter polar oh and that that's like pre-hold steady yeah and that that is really really good shit like it blew my mind I write yeah that down actually so i'm gonna throw that on there just because my uh our drummer has always been into him and i just kind of like maybe missed the boat boat a little bit on that one but yeah i mean there's a few bands i guess i, I don't know if i answered it in five but just just the whole the whole scene that that spawned off like i mean dillinger four and all that that's what i grew up listening to and all that stuff so gotcha okay good i'll put i'll put them i'll put them right up here at the top there you go okay yeah good answer man good answer because i mine it's a pretty simple number one is bob mold who screwed you i mean and that's kind of like the stand i didn't even say the replacement sorry to cut you off yeah you're okay yeah replacements are on my list too for sure I don't want to backpedal here, but replacements are one of my favorite bands, obviously. I think I can so, hear that in a little bit. And that's kind of where I was going with the question, too. I can hear a little bit of that in your music, maybe in some ways. But that also might be just hearing the just a straight up rock and roll aspect of Night Dangers to me. So, yeah, I got to throw in Soviets are a big yeah. favorite of mine. Uh, Gateway District and also Soul Asylum, surprisingly it made it into my list somehow. So I kind of revisited them. I wouldn't them. say surprisingly. I mean, that's that's a fucking great band. They're a pretty solid band, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you yeah. even the song that everybody kind of bags on, that Runaway Train song, that was yeah. well, that was when I was a kid. That was huge. That was everywhere. But it, you know what? It's a really good song. I mean, my my question about all this is, and why I even brought that up is, why? What do you think is going on in Minnesota, Minneapolis in particular, that all these great bands, I mean, going way back, right? Go maybe back to Dylan. And then you had, of course, Prince and Husker Du and Replacements and on and on and on. There's always been a very strong showing from Minnesota and Minneapolis in particular, music-wise. Why? Honestly, I think for how insular of a city it is. Cause you got to think like Chicago is 
seven, eight hours away. Yeah. You got Demo- it's just right in the middle of nowhere. And then you put in seven months of the year that are just fucking miserable. And you put a <laughs> bottle of fucking booze in people's hands and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna say some shit, you know? Like definitely read the replacements book because that is just the more you read into it, it's just like oh. is yeah, it brutal like, in that sense? Like like how did they walk and talk and write music if they were getting that shit faced all the time is that kind of the the situation it's just it's everything you'd expect and more it's a really good read but it's it gets a little hard towards the end for sure okay good okay we're gonna have to write you know i like i gotta write down so replacements trouble boys is the name of it it's actually uh holding up one of my monitor speakers right now so a little little reminder (laughs) of the 500 pages that i'll probably never read again because it's like pretty jarring at certain points (laughs) certainly okay okay
you consider night dangers to have some of that Midwest sound, you know, some of that Midwest, maybe punk rock and roll, that kind of sound, because I do, I do get that. What I want to ask is, you know, a, do you consider yourself to have, you know, the band to have that sound and how would you define that sound when somebody says, Oh, they're, they have that Midwest punk sound or that Midwest rock and roll sound or whatever. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of the times, you know, it's just an easy cop out to be like, yeah, I'm in a rock band. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, sure. but it's such a, you know, a broad statement. Right. I would I would say that if you put that into a blender with some Midwest emo, that might get you a little more to the formula of where we're at. Okay, okay, okay. Well, Midwest emo would like maybe braid kind of thing. I mean, like stuff that i even wasn't too familiar with until maybe after the fact like the promise ring oh right, uh, yeah 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 loved i loved just a lot of ring. that uh stuff i mean american football even all that shit uh definitely is infused into a lot of the writing like one of my favorite bands is jimmy Eat world not that they're from the midwest but right clearly you know they made a mark there. like clarity is one of my favorite records for sure those fellas can write a goddamn song. That's all there is to yeah. it, I think, you know, truly. I mean, to put the cherry on top to like, maybe not speaking on Midwest terms here, but like Goo Goo Dolls, all that stuff, pretty, pretty obvious that I like that. And okay. you can hear it in the songwriting. Yeah. Or at least maybe hopefully a little bit, because it's really hard to write songs like them. They're fucking great. Okay. Now, you know, we're on the subject of songs. The lyrics in a lot of the Night Danger songs. One thing that I want to point out to you, and maybe you're not aware of this, but you probably are. You say God damn a lot in so many of the songs. Do you know, have you noticed? I thought, that? Two. <laughs> I thought it was only two, but that's a pretty goddamn maybe. big word to say. <laughs> the alliteration is great. <laughs> you know, it's a very, I think it's only two songs. You might, I'll listen back tonight and decide maybe I'm just here. You know what it might be? It might actually be. I'm listening to the same two songs over and over again because I like them so much. I don't know. I'm definitely guilty of that sometimes. Well, Hey, I'll take that. I appreciate it. (laughs) Okay. So you say, God damn. Okay. We're going to leave it at, you know, maybe just in two songs, the lyrics, the topics of the songs, you know, the general kind of feeling I get, maybe not even the exact meaning of the words is some of it sounds like you're a little hard on yourself. Like maybe you've struggled with some things and this, the songs are kind of a form of therapy in a way for you. You're putting it on paper and then you're recording, then you're singing it out loud. You're putting yourself out there and wearing your emotions on your sleeve in a way. Is that, is that a true thing? Absolutely. I I don't know if it was like a premeditated thing, but during the making of this record like the last like three four years of my life which is kind of what that's spanning from was very kind of rough for me mentally and when I write a song I want it to be honest and if that's what I'm going through is the hard it is as it is to like maybe hear it back sometimes even though at this point I'm pretty used to it yeah but I'd rather hear something like this is what I want to hear when I listen to music right like I want to hear something Honest, honest and real yeah yeah and you know i've heard some people say certain things about some of the lyrics and how i write and i'm just like well at least you're fucking paying attention i don't know 
I don't take it as like a, a jab or anything, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot. And I don't really know if I'll go to those depths. I wouldn't really call it being hard on myself, but it's all subjective, like to one's mental health and how they're feeling. And it's really hard to pinpoint, like, I want to sing about this and only this, you know? Sure, sure, or, sure. Like there isn't a whole lot of like a gimmick behind it, right? Right. Unless my gimmick would be just fucking with you and being like, yeah, I'm actually totally fine and all that stuff. Is- <laughs> and who knows? Maybe you are. <laughs> no. Uh, but reading it back, like I did some uh, some tapes for it and I hand wrote out like 50, handed out each song and shipped out tapes. And when I was writing it, I was like, damn, all right, these are like, these are kind of some heavy, this is some heavy, heavy content. Heavy, here that, there's a heaviness to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that to me is like, maybe, you know, I don't even really know what like emo music means. Like if music doesn't have emotion, well, then what the fuck is it? If I threw that over some really poppy, fast, epifat, Southern California shit, I think that it would be interpreted a little bit differently, maybe. Do you mean your lyrics? If you if you changed the tempo up on the music and changed it, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, okay. Like it wouldn't be as much of a focal point, maybe. I don't know. I don't really know, but it's kind of tough to hear sometimes. I, I I guess I don't know what it's like to hear it from an outside an perspective outsider's perspective. I can I can tell you. I think there's a little bit of melancholy in the music, which is something I I absolutely love. I think you know, as somebody who who loves night dangers and who appreciates the music and all that. The biggest thing I can say is that that sense of emotion, it's powerful and it comes through. And that I think, you know, if that's what you're going for in a way, then mission accomplished, you know, it definitely conveys emotion, which I think every great band and every great song is able to do that. So, you know, congratulations. Yeah. Anyway, that's thank you so much. It's a good I mean, thing. I mean, it like I said, it's, it feels a little sad, a little melancholy sometimes, but it also feels like you're just throwing yourself out there and hey, this is me, and you know, and this is stuff that I've been through, and this is what I'm talking about. That's kind of what I get, you know. Yeah, and again, that's just like one avenue in my brain. Obviously, talking to me, I have like a sense of humor and stuff, but right. that's you know. Otherwise, this time. would be the boringest interview ever. And, you know, oh, so yeah, this is just, Andrew from Night Dangers. And we're yeah, going to really get a little sad. Out. We're going to get a little sad. Yeah, here we're going to get a lot of sad. <laughs> we're going to get a lot sad, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's important to kind of, I mean, if it comes through in a song and then you kind of realize, like, oh, shit, maybe I should do something about this, you know? And that kind of happened to me after I recorded this record. I went through therapy. Or I'm still in therapy right now, but I did a year of that. And of every week, and that was one of the harder things that I, I mean, just like coming to terms with a lot of things in my life that I've been just drinking away, you know, partying away, doing the pretty standard procedure there. But once you can reevaluate your relationship with substance, it's fucking great. So that's like one of the biggest takeaways of therapy is just like learning how to like cope with everything and not have that be your band-aid but just be like, Oh, it's fine. Being in therapy has been definitely been beneficial for you. Then it sounds like too. Oh, a million percent. Good. That's like one of the better things that I've decided to go through. I was only going to do it for a few months and yeah, it's been over a year now. So it'll be interesting to see 
how these lyrics for the next batch of recordings turn out because sure. that's kind of where I'm at now. And I've already been writing stuff. And obviously, like I said, if it's not honest, I don't want to fucking hear it. Just let it come out and just be yourself. I think that's like the hardest thing of being a human being right now is just being yourself. And I feel like now it's more talked about like mental health and all that stuff is a lot more, you know, I'm not going to call it socially acceptable. That's not really There's not as it, much stigma attached to it in some ways. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, you have a lot of people that are just like, like on the internet, the best versions of themselves. And it's just like really fucking depressing. Like being on your phone and just oh, sitting there yeah. scrolling it. And we're all guilty of it, obviously. We are. It's, we are. Yeah. We can't get away from it, but it's definitely something to be aware of. Because if you're not, that's really fucking depressing. What motivates you? Uh, you know, and that's kind of a generic, bland question to ask. But I really kind of want to know what makes you want to play in a band. What makes you want to play music and make music? I think in my twenties, the motive was a lot different than now. In my twenties, it was just like get in a van. Music is almost secondary at that point. It's just like, get in a van, go on tour. But I think most importantly, now that I can kind of maybe wrap my head around my daily schedule a little bit more, it's the first thing I do when I wake up is I play guitar. It's just something that is so secondary to me now that if I don't have it, I'm like completely lost. I mean, it sounds like kind of generic, but... I really don't know how to do anything else that makes me feel like that connects those, you know, whatever's wiring up in my brain. Right. But that, it, that is like lyrics, maybe write, writing lyrics, maybe like something I'll put off a little bit sometimes, but just waking up playing like my sixties Yamaha acoustic every day. That's just how I start my day. The song, another nightmare you had mentioned when we were talking the other night, the lyrics to that song had something to do with horror movies or some kind of horrorish topic. Can you explain that to me, please? Yeah. So at the time I was living up in Minneapolis and I was actually in the neighborhood where let it be the, the Stinson household was at. So I was just like a couple blocks away from that. Uh, I'd be up in the attic, like every night when I got off work, it was getting to the point, you know, in like September in Minnesota, everything starts to immediately change. And I would watch a lot of like a Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Ah, okay. And I okay. and I think that one might have been the third one. Uh, but I just remember like the tagline of that song because I just like sit up there and smoke a bunch of weed and just watch these movies and be like, man, this is like, I want to write something. I remember one of the lines was just like, I know it feels like you're dying in your sleep, doesn't it? Because obviously that's the whole premise of the movie. Ah, uh, was and it Dream Warriors? Was that the? the was that, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that's the third one. They're, yeah, ta yeah, Dream they're taking the pills and they're like constantly yeah. drinking a bunch of caffeine and yeah. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, good. That good. would that would probably be around that. And yeah, that that kind of kicked it all off. Where I, the fall is a really good time for writing because there's like this impending doom that's coming called winter. <laughs> yeah. But everything is so beautiful in a sense of like it's dying. That I was watching a lot. When I say I was watching a lot of horror movies, that probably also means I was watching like Leprechaun movies because I love that series. Like, that shit's <laughs> so yeah, fucking good. Awesome. Like I know a lot of it, you know, is a little <laughs> hard to handle in 2023, but whatever is whatever is fine. Yes, Jennifer Aniston's yes. first movie. How are you going to talk shit on that? Exactly. Yep. Okay. So now our final act of this 
is a ghost story from a mutual friend of ours. Mono has a ghost story, apparently. I, I was trying to get one out of Andrew and or anyone else in Night Dangers, but he had to he had to call in the cavalry in, in a sense here. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because I, I don't think I've ever told Andrew the story, but he just thought maybe I might have one, and I certainly do. Uh, no, okay, so um, I grew up in L.A., and a uh, small house, big family. Me and my siblings, my two sisters and my brother, would always see a man standing in the hallway. It was something that we would see, and my parents would say, it's late, you guys are just, you know, scared. You're tired, you're scared, whatever, right, yeah. But all four of us, like, we knew we saw. And me and my sister also saw a woman that would pass through the hallway door. And, like, it was just me and my sister who saw that. And then there was a small child that would run from behind the couch into the kitchen. And... I'm still young, but I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, this is all in our head. It was a Saturday morning. We were sitting. We, uh, my both my parents worked that Saturday, so we were all just cuddled up in their bed. And I'm like, fuck this. I run out to the hallway. I'm like, okay, if you're fucking real, if there's something there, come out and fucking do something. And then we had like a floor radiator, and it started shaking. And I, you know, ran my pussy ass back into the bed with my sisters and my brother. I was like. Okay, it's real. <laughs> and then, but that's not the end of it. So then we move away, uh, we move to Riverside. Um, and this was, we moved when I was in fifth grade. When I turned 21, I went down to LA to take my girlfriend shopping. And I'm like, you know what? We're close to my old neighborhood. I want to go see the house. I go there and I, I'm like, I wonder if my best friend that used to live here is still there. And I go talk to him and we shoot the shit. And he's like, hey, like, didn't you didn't you guys used to see a man standing in your hallway? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, the fucking neighbors see him. That's the part that freaked me the fuck out. I'm like, it wasn't just in my head when I was little. It was, and we never met the people who moved in. We didn't tell them about it. He's like, the neighbors see that man. I'm like, so the people who moved me? into your old house, yeah. like years later, saw the same thing. Yeah. Well, that's the part that freaked me out. I because. All these years have passed. I'm like, ah, we were probably just young, and it was in our fucking head. But the fact that they they saw that shit—that's what freaked me out. I actually have one story for you if you have time. I absolutely uh, have time. Yes, yes. Well, I any story you have. I'll I was hear. not gonna tell it because it involves my best friend growing up's deceased father. But right after he passed away, this was like 2006. We were living together, like packed in sardines in this really small house. And he was like you know, still getting over like his father's death and uh, just like very angry, drunk and like talking tons of shit about his dad. Oh, and yeah. he had a, a necklace of his on the wall, like a, like a silver necklace. And that fucking thing fell down. And for some reason, like uh, something wasn't plugged in all the way. Right. Yeah. And it snapped. The electricity snapped the necklace in half oh my oh and this is while he's like angrily going fuck my dad like just yeah. upset drunk and upset right yeah holy isn't that, crap isn't that fucking nuts you know everybody like left obviously seeing that when i was like 19 was fucking insane yeah it whoa dude that's gnarly just straight up like snapped in half the whole outlet like was fucked all right. Well, thank you very much, Andrea. It was great talking to you, man. Yeah, Bob, I appreciate it.